ஸ்மரணம் மனநம் நிதித்தியாசனம் லிசன் ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் அண்ட் அப்சார்ப் டியர் லிஸ்னர்ஸ் சாய்ராம் அண்ட் வெல்கம் டு அவர் ரேடியோ சீரீஸ் இன் விச் எ டிவைன் டிஸ்கோர்ஸ் பை பகவான் இஸ் பிளேட் இன் ஸ்மால் பார்ட்ஸ் அண்ட் ஃபாலோவிங் ஈச் பார்ட் எ ஷார்ட் டிஸ்கஷன் இஸ் அண்டர் டேக்கன் டு ரிஃப்ளெக்ட் ஆன் த மெசேஜ் திஸ் இஸ் எ பார்ட் ஆஃப் ரேடியோ சாய்ஸ் தேர்ஸ்டே லைஃப் broadcast every thursday at 7:30 pm only on asia stream of radio sai global harmony today's episode was first broadcast live on 9th october 2014 the discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in indian culture and spirituality in the year 1990 offering a humble pranam to bhagwan's lotus feet dear listeners we welcome you to this week's episode of shravanam mananam nididhyasanam we are here to continue that discourse a special discourse which we took up though it is not part of the 1990 samuko series this was the discourse which swami gave immediately after the series concluded the first discourse which swami gave after the samukos that is during the guru purnima of that year 1990 and the reason why we took up this discourse is that it in many ways is a summary for that entire series and even as we were doing the summary for the series after we had completed the discourses we thought it would be a good thing to take up this discourse as part of that series and to continue the where we left last time i invite brother hari shankar to join me charam hari sairam prem here yeah. just a couple of days back i met one of our listeners very good well wisher and uh, very well known to all of us and uh, she had this complaint she told us that uh, i'm not very fond of this program shavanamananam nidhyasanam mm-hmm. and the reason she said was of course very beautiful she said that you know we read a lot of scriptures we read a lot of uh, works by spiritual masters among all that we have read the most simplest is what swami says in his discourses so this idea of somebody sitting here and trying to simplify what swami gave in the most simple form hmm. doesn't seem to go down well with us right <laughs> and uh, of course in the very beginning when we started this program we said that this is not an attempt to simplify swami's discourses hmm. because we can see that there's nothing which is more simpler nothing can be given more simpler than the way swami has put it yeah but i think somewhere down the line we've given the impression to people that we're simplifying swami's discourses <laughs> but uh, definitely that's not the case because uh, I think in many ways the way Swami taught most of these scriptural truths was so subtle that I think many people many times missed it completely plus the uh, the things that Swami talks about it engenders so many other thoughts right it's like it triggers uh, you know we see parallels in something somebody else has said or something from the scriptures or something from our own experience and it is kind of worthwhile to share these right like pretty much all of us are pupils in front of swami we are uh, devotees of bhagwan and we are all students in front of him right so there is absolutely no question of a commentary on swami's discourse right. Right. or trying to explain swami's discourse but pretty much whatever thoughts engender from having listened to what swami said whatever insights it generates for us i think that's what uh, we'll endeavor to share during these programs right. and the beautiful thing with swami is you know the context in which the same message has been given 
would always be adapted uh, to whom he was based on to whom he is talking to yeah you know when it was students the message was given in a different way maybe mm. relating to the subjects they were studying yes or when interacting with maybe some of the trust members the trustees right. the instructions would be in in a manner which would would be in line with what instructions Swami was giving them right or sometimes when we were talking to uh, some of the ladies who were in Swami's kitchen some mm. of the aunties who were given the fortune of cooking for Swami mm. the way Swami would teach them lessons uh-huh. you know the way uh, i think some of the elderly devotees have shared this with us when Swami would tell people even when you cut vegetables mm. what are the thoughts you should have when you right. perform an act like cutting a right. vegetable imagine that you are uh, cutting short your ego, ego imagine that you are uh, making soft that which is untenable mm. you know some of these things like that so i think that is what one form is of course the discourses which we constantly hear the repository which we have right but the same message is found in the so many interactions which Swami has given so yes. many devotees and I think that is that has been our endeavor dear listeners to share some of those things in the light of the message which Swami is giving in these discourses and uh, coming to the discourse we are dealing with right now the the Guru Purnima discourse of the year 1990 uh, as I was just telling Brother Hari in many ways this discourse is actually uh, a kind of what uh, Adi Shankara told in his very important work the Atma Bodha or it's supposed to be a concise uh, work where I think it's about 20 or 30 couplets right. which give a complete understanding of from how the one became to the many mm-hmm. to how each one of us confused ourselves to, to be the body the various uh, things involved in this human life as we've gone through in the discourse the different sheets of the body I mean of the human existence the different aspects of the mind the senses and uh, the different processes which led to the creation and all that and uh, this discourse is more or less follows the same pattern and uh, quickly going through what Swami told in the first part of that discourse Hmm. Swami spoke about how the body is completely inert Swami used the word paripurna jadam you know that it's so beautiful the way Swami said it's completely inert and uh, what a mistake it is to relate only to this body and to think that you're just this body and uh, the whole endeavor is to separate yourself from this understanding that you're the body and uh, Swami explained the different things the five pranas which form the sukshma sharira the subtle body and that which collects the impressions from birth to birth and how that guides your life defines us it defines your life because you know many times we often say that we are uh, you know prisoner of our circumstances right but the same circumstance leads one to behave in a different way absolutely yes right? we see that every day in our lives and it's like Swami says it's a function of the chitta the sum total of right. pretty much all the impressions that we have collected exactly. over our lives in fact it's a debate I think in criminology right now yeah when you are giving a handing out a conviction hmm. to somebody who has done a crime right. you have to see the background in which he has been brought up or she has been brought up yes. the family they come from and because you have these many issues of broken family leading to criminals yeah, epigenetic as they call it no? like the, okay right yeah. but you know given even if you look at that there are so many people who have come out from such families who have really stood out as exemplars in character and uh, Swami continues to emphasize the uh, function of the Viveka Right. It's like the muscle that we have to develop in order to not succumb to whatever our mind, our tendencies are. Like, right. 
so in that sense swami holds us responsible because he says i have given you the buddhi with the faculty of discrimination and it is up to you to use it right and that's what swami says that you know most of it uh, in the discourse which swami gave on freedom swami said actually speaking you don't seem to have any freedom hmm. because everything is being controlled by your uh, vasanas and Absolutely. you know what is stored in your chitta hmm. but there is a little bit of little amount of uh, flexibility or maneuvering yeah. ability which is given to you as you said which is contained in the buddhi or the discriminatory power yeah. Yeah. and i think all that you read the moral classes you go through and the value systems which are being taught to as children and families is to empower that discriminating ability absolutely to give you the strength to choose the right you know the wrong even when doing the wrong is the easy path mm. i think even the bhagavad gita is all about that and swami would often say that duryodhana would uh, declare you know i know what is right and wrong but i don't have the strength to follow what is right yes i fear to follow the right path right path yeah and then swami goes on to uh, explain about the dream states different dream states which gives you an understanding of how this life itself is a dream right if yeah. you understand and if you look at how the difference between your waking state your dream state and your deep sleep state you can understand what it is when you say that this life is a dream yeah the last time i think we discussed about uh, the experience of king janaka right like he had certain experiences when he was awake and very contrasting experiences in his dream uh, state right and so when he woke up he was not as swami would say idi nijama adi nijama right he posed a question to the people around him which one of these is real right and uh, so that is a challenge which swami puts to us that why do you take even what you observe or what you experience <laughs> in the waking state so called waking state why do you take that to be real right In fact, Swami uh, said one very beautiful uh, story where he was. He said, "In a dream, your friend comes and betrays you or treats you badly, mm. and in the waking state, you, you take your friend to task." Yeah, and, and he denies <laughs> right. any relation to that incident. Exactly. Yeah, I think it it mostly comes from the ephemeral nature of everything else. You know why we are able to look at the dream and say that it's unreal? Because right. in the waking state, the dream state is such a small. Uh, period in time exactly so it's yeah. easy for us to say that something which does not last cannot be real absolutely and so yeah. i'm saying the same thing is with your waking state and because you are living through this waking state you think that this is what is the reality and as we discussed last time swami says that uh, sleep is like a short death right uh, hinting that after your death pretty much you'll see whatever experience in this life similarly to be a dream you'll have woken up from that dream right and i think uh, that's pretty much where swami stopped and of course swami gave a couple of those very powerful vedantic analogies that of the rope and the snake yeah and then the waves and the ocean yes so that's that's where we kind of uh, signed off last time right i think the analogy that swami was giving was about 10 people in the same room they all dif- uh, dream entirely different dreams right and yet swami says that they are all aspects of that one consciousness one brahman supreme brahman and to explain that swami gave the example that this is all ocean this is all water and then waves they you know they rise and we can see with the way rise and the fall there's so many complex things that happen right and yet all of all of it is still in the context of being part of that wave right and so there's so many different waves so many different things happening in each particular wave and yet they're all part of that same one ocean exactly 
and it again comes to that you know short lived nature of the wave ha huh, yeah because in front of our eyes we can see the wave being formed and dissolved yes. it is easy for us to think that the wave does not have an individual existence hmm. of itself you know, exactly. we can see it clearly as a part of the ocean hmm. i think that is why for swami it's so easy when he goes on and on saying that you know you're not many you're you're the one i think from his point of view it's so very obvious and that is the level to which ami is asking us to raise ourselves and yes. look at the whole picture look at the whole creation so we'll continue in the discourse we've played two clips we'll play the third clip in that discourse yes manava jeevitamanandu ee aatmanu annamaya pranamaya manomaya vigyanamaya aanandamaya anetundi kappabadinadu what one has to recognize that this atma is covered by the other five types of body the physical the life forces the mind the intellect and the panchakosamulu cheta kappapadatam chetane ee atma tattvam anta sulabhamga manaku gocharinchaledu we are not able to see this atma so clearly because atma is covered by these five sheets sharirame annamaya kosham physical body is annamaya kosha food pranamaya vijnanamaya manomaya koshamule ee sukshma swarupam this life sheet mind sheet intellect sheet or the subtle body anandamaya kosame karana sharira the bliss sheet is the causal body idi anandamaya mane peru maatrame unnadi kaani idi nijanandamu kaadu the name given is bliss here but this is not really bliss atmanandam yokka pratibhimbame ee yokka karana deham nandu aanandamayamane perunu anubhavisthunnadu the causal body is enjoying this bliss sheet which is only a reflection of the real atma chandrudu swayam prakashakudu kaadu moon is not self luminous surun yokka prakashamu chandrudu paina padinappude chandrudu prakashisthunnadu moon shines when the rays of the sun fall on him ade vidamugare chandrama manaso jataha chetcho suryo vajayita manasu kevalamu swayam prakashamu kanatvanti chandrudu vanti mind like moon is not self luminous swayam prakashakudu atmane it is atma which has got that self luminous prakashame buddhi paina manasu paina indriyamile paina dehamu paina padi ee sarvapusamunu kevalam chaitanya mantavantavainatunti roopane dharistundali it is the light of this atma which illumines all these other aspects of the body the body the mind the intellect atma chaitanyame ee prapanchamunu nadipinchutunnadi it is this consciousness of atma which is making this world function charachara prapanchamuna kantai kudanu ee chaitanyame mooladharam for the moving and unmoving world it is the cosmos which is the basis kanuka ee mooladhara tattvamunu manavudu vismarinchatam chetane samasta kashtamulaku dukkamulaku vicharamulaku guri avutunnadu man is subjecting himself to various problems grief and sorrow because he is giving up this root 
ట్రూత్ శరీర ఇంద్రియ మనోబుద్ధుల చేత జరుగునటువంటి సుఖదుఖములు ఆత్మకు ఏమాత్రము కూడా సంబంధం లేదు ద జాయ్ అండ్ సరో ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ బాయ్ ద బాడీ ద మైండ్ ద సెన్సెస్ అండ్ ద ఇంటలెక్ట్ డూ నాట్ టచ్ ది ఆత్మా అట్ ఆల్ సూర్య ప్రకాశమును ఆధారము చేసుకుని అనేక మంది అనేక విధమైనటువంటి కర్మలను ఆచరిస్తారు డిఫరెంట్ పీపుల్ క్యారీ ఆన్ డిఫరెంట్ యాక్టివిటీ ఫ్రమ్ ద లైట్ విచ్ ద గెట్ ఫ్రమ్ సన్ కొందరు మంచి కర్మలు ఆచరించవచ్చును మరి కొందరు చెడ్డను ఆచరించవచ్చు సమ్ పీపుల్ మేట్ అండర్టేక్ మెరిటోరియస్ యాక్టివిటీ కొందరు పుణ్యకర్మములు కొన్ని పాపకర్మములు చేయవచ్చు సమ్ పీపుల్ మే డూ గుడ్ వర్క్ సమ్ పీపుల్ మే కొందరు ఉపకారములు మరి కొందరు అపకారములు గావించవచ్చు సమ్ పీపుల్ మే అండర్టేక్ హెల్ప్ఫుల్ యాక్టివిటీ సమ్ హార్మ్ఫుల్ యాక్టివిటీ కానీ వీటి యొక్క ఫలము ఏమాత్రం కూడా ఆత్మకు చెందదు బట్ దిస్ యాక్షన్ డస్ నాట్ టచ్ ఆత్మ సూర్యునికి ఏ యొక్క కర్మల యొక్క ఫలితం కూడా చెందవు ద రిజల్ట్స్ ఆఫ్ యాక్షన్ విల్ నెవర్ గో సూర్యుడు కేవలము సాక్షిభూతుడు మాత్రమే సన్ గాడ్ ఈజ్ ఓన్లీ విట్నెస్ అదే విధముగానే శారీర ఇంద్రియ మనోబుద్ధుల యొక్క ప్రవర్తనల యొక్క ఫలితములు ఆత్మకు ఏమాత్రం కూడా అంటావు ఇన్ ద సేమ్ మా సాక్షిభూతుడు ఇన్ ద సేమ్ వే ద రిజల్ట్స్ ఆఫ్ ది యాక్షన్స్ ఆఫ్ ది ఫిజికల్ బాడీ ది సెన్సెస్ ఆఫ్ ద మైండ్ అండ్ ఇంటలెక్ట్ విల్ నాట్ టచ్ ఆత్మ ఆత్మ ఈజ్ ఓన్లీ విట్నెస్ కానీ మానవుడు శారీర ఇంద్రియ మనోబుద్ధుడు యొక్క సంపర్కము చేత తాధాత్మను పొందటం చేత ఇవన్నీ కూడా ఆత్మ యొక్క ప్రభావమనే భావిస్తున్నాడు మ్యాన్ కన్సిడర్స్ రాంగ్లీ దట్ దిస్ ఈజ్ ఆత్మ బికాస్ హీ కమ్స్ ఇన్ కాంటాక్ట్ విత్ దిస్ సెన్సెస్ ద మైండ్ ది ఇంటలెక్ట్ అన్నింటినీ మనసే మూల కారణము ఇట్ ఈస్ ది మైండ్ విచ్ ఈస్ రెస్పాన్సిబుల్ ఫర్ ఆల్ మనసే ఇన్ని విధములైనటువంటి పరిణామం పొందుతూ వస్తుంది ఇట్ ఈస్ మైండ్ విచ్ మేనిఫెస్ట్ సెల్ఫ్ ఇన్ ఆల్ దీస్ ఫార్మ్స్ మనస్సును మరిచినప్పుడు అంతా బయలే వన్స్ యూ ఫర్గెట్ ది మైండ్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ బికమ్స్ మనం ఒక భవనాన్ని నిర్మించుకున్నాము వీ హ్యావ్ క్రియేటెడ్ వన్ ఈ భవనము లోపల పడక గది అని ఒక్కటి వంట గది అని ఒక్కటి భోజనాల గది అని ఒక్కటి స్నానాల గది అని ఒక్కటి మనం వేరు వేరుగా నిర్ణయించుకున్నాం ఇన్ దిస్ బంగ్లో వీ హ్యావ్ గాట్ డిఫరెంట్ రూమ్స్ బెడ్రూమ్ బాత్రూమ్ కిచెన్ రూమ్ అండ్ డైనింగ్ రూమ్ ఆర్ ద ఫోర్ రూమ్ అయితే ఈ భేద భావములు ఎక్కడ కనిపిస్తున్నాయి బట్ వేర్ డూ యూ గెట్ దిస్ కైండ్ ఆఫ్ డిఫరెన్సెస్ మన యొక్క అనుభూతిని బట్టి మన అనుకూలమును బట్టి వాటికి కొన్ని గోడలు హద్దులుగా నిర్మించుకోవటం చేతనే ఇవి వేరు వేరు గదులుగా రూపొందుతూ వచ్చాయి వీ క్రియేట్ దీస్ డిఫరెంట్ రూమ్స్ బై కన్స్ట్రక్టింగ్ వాల్స్ ఇన్ ఆర్డర్ టు బీ హెల్ప్ఫుల్ టు హస్ అండ్ బెనిఫిషియల్ అడ్డము కట్టిన గోడలను కొట్టివేసినప్పుడు అంతా ఒక్క బయలుగానే రూపొందుతుంది రిమూవ్ ది వాల్స్ దట్ సపరేట్ దెన్ విల్ బి ఓన్లీ వన్ కామన్ హాల్ అదే విధంగానే సర్వత్రా ఉండినది ఆత్మతత్వమే ఇన్ ద సేమ్ వే ఆత్మతత్వ ఈజ్ ఆల్ దేహం అనే ఒక గోడ ఇంద్రియం అనే ఒక గోడ మనస్సు అనే ఒక గోడ బుద్ధి అనే ఒక గోడ ఈ గోడను నిర్మించుకోవటం చేతనే ఈ యొక్క ఆత్మతత్వము మరుగుపడిపోయి అంత గదులు కిందనే రూపొందుతూ వచ్చాయి ది రియల్ ఫ్యాక్ట్ ఆఫ్ ఆత్మ ఈజ్ ఫర్గాటన్ బికాస్ వీ హ్యావ్ కన్స్ట్రక్టెడ్ ది వాల్స్ ఆఫ్ ద బాడీ ద మైండ్ ద సెన్సెస్ అండ్ ద ఇంటలెక్ట్ సంకుచితమైనటువంటి సంకల్పముల యొక్క ప్రభావం ఇట్ ఈస్ ఆల్ అన్ అకౌంట్ ఆఫ్ ద నారో థింకింగ్ ఆఫ్ మ్యాన్ విశాలమైనటువంటి యొక్క దివ్య భావములు కావు This is not 
a divine broad way of looking at things kanuka manavattamu inni vidhamlainatundi oka ashanti guri kavadaniki ee abhimanamule mula karanam it is this attachment which is responsible for all the grief and the sorrow of the man vaddanu danchi pottunu viyamu nundi veru chesinatlu just as you can remove the husk from the rice after pounding it shravana manana nitidhyasala dwara kappabadinatundi annamaya kosam pranamaya kosam manomaya kosam vijnanamaya kosam ఆనందమయ కోసమని కొట్టును వేరు చేసినప్పుడు నిజమైనటువంటి యొక్క నేను అనేటువంటి ఆత్మతత్వం మనకు రూపొందుతుంది ఇన్ ద సేమ్ వే వెన్ యు రిమూవ్ ది బాడీ ద మైండ్ ద ఇంటలెక్ట్ అండ్ ది సెన్సెస్ విచ్ కవర్ దిస్ ఆత్మ బై ప్రాసెస్ ఆఫ్ శ్రవణ మనన నిధిధ్యాస యు బి ఏబుల్ టు ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ హూ యు రియలీ ఆర్ యువర్ ఓన్ రియల్ సెల్ఫ్ ఇవి కేవలము శరీర ఇంద్రియ మనోబుద్ధులు కప్పబడినటువంటి పొట్టు వంటివి మాత్రమే దిస్ బాడీ సెన్సెస్ మైండ్ అండ్ ఇంటలెక్ట్ ఆర్ లైక్ దిస్ హస్క్ విచ్ కవర్స్ ద గ్రేట్ తీసిన మిగిలినది బియ్యమే వన్స్ యు రిమూవ్ దిస్ హస్క్ వాట్ రిమైన్స్ ఈజ్ రైస్ ఈ బియ్యం పైన పొట్టు ఉండినంత వరకు పునరపి జననం పునరపి మరణం యాజ్ లాంగ్ యాజ్ దిస్ హస్క్ ఆన్ దిస్ రైస్ దెర్ విల్ బి అగైన్ రీబర్త్ ఈ పొట్టును మనం వేరు చేసితేమా ఈ బియ్యమునకు పునర్జన్మ నవిద్యతే ఇంక దీనికి జన్మనే లేదు వన్స్ యు రిమూవ్ ది హస్క్ ది రైస్ కెనాట్ బి గ్రోన్ ఫర్దర్ దెర్ ఇస్ నో క్వశ్చన్ ఆఫ్ రీబర్త్ అగైన్ కనుకొని ఈ అన్నింటికి బంధనకు మూల కారణము శరీర ఇంద్రియ మనోబుద్ధులే దేర్ ఫోర్ ఫర్ ది ఎంటైర్ బాండేజ్ it is the body senses mind and intellect aithe anninti endu kudanu samangane untunnadi aatma tattvam but aatma is found in equal measure in all these things that was the third clip in that discourse and uh, once again many many analogies bringing out that same message of unity very beautifully right and uh, to begin with uh, swami is talking about the various sheets the so called sheets that uh, cover what we take to be ourself right the annamaya pranamaya manomaya vijnanamaya and anandamaya kosha and uh, just to kind of elaborate uh, you know very briefly on what these stand for uh, annamaya swami said is the uh, anna means food so he is talking about the inert uh, human body mm-hmm. as, as it is you know just the body itself and then there is a level of pranamaya when <coughs> the you know the, the vital, vital the vital yeah. airs manomaya and that is the at the level of the mind itself and in uh, many interpretations it is considered as the thoughts the emotions the feelings that mm-hmm. uh, that we go through so that is at the level of the manomaya vijnanamaya is considered equivalent to the intellect okay which uh, which we otherwise have identified as the buddhi the when we you know identify the buddhi that is the intellect kind of discriminates between those thoughts emotions feelings right and uh, a kind of dissociates from that to merely be the witness so when it is at that stage <laughs> is when we see the anandamaya kosha these are the various uh, levels in fact uh, we used to chant one mantra in front of swami the brahmananda valli right 
and uh, there they actually uh, speak about you know the different uh, levels of bliss that mm-hmm. are uh, attained like identified with pretty much each one of these uh, koshas and uh, i was just thinking of this parallel you know like how much the degree of suffering that we undergo mm-hmm. is related correlated to the degree to which we are identified with one of these levels okay like for example when you are at the stage of the manomaya kosha and you are completely a slave to mm. your uh, feelings your emotions and that's when you can you, you can really identify like how much pain each one of us goes through mm-hmm. just because of this being slave to our uh, emotions like if somebody asks you whether you have anger or whether anger has you <laughs> i think more often you will be answering that it is the anger that has you right you are the slave to that anger so that is a level in which we undergo a lot of suffering and then when you are at the level of the intellect when you can discriminate and you kind of sense a little bit of relief that you can discriminate and say that you know the these uh, a feeling of envy or a feeling of jealousy that actually causes you that much pain you have the tools to be able to kind of attenuate that kind of feeling but at the level of uh, anandamaya kosha you literally witness you just merely witnessing those thoughts you know as they come uh, as a divine master said it is like you are standing by the wayside and you are watching the traffic go by you are not really invested in like jumping into one of those buses or cars as they go mm-hmm. past you are totally not invested in any any one of those you are merely witnessing and then swami distinguishes that all of these are this is not the highest bliss at the level of anandamaya kosha is not when you experience the highest bliss okay there is a stage beyond which of course uh, <coughs> apraapya manasa saha as mm. the upanishad say it is not something that we can describe Uh, it's very poetically put the, the words and the mind they return. come back yeah, they return, uh, return defeated. from defeated as they try to describe it mm. this is the first part and you know i was just thinking that uh, in spirituality we do not subscribe to the view that ignorance is bliss <laughs> <laughs> so the bliss is like when we really truly know ourselves is when a true bliss uh, occurs for us right in fact you know, swami would uh, talk that uh, say that about uh, and you say body attachment has to be given up mm. and you, you should be detached to your body mm. in the discourse swami says no what is there if you take one peg of alcohol <laughs> you know you will give up your body attachment yeah and uh, swami corrects it he says it's not enough if you give up dehabhimanam mm. he says even as you give up dehabhimanam mm. you'll have to inculcate atma abhimanam right that is important and that makes all the difference because as you said one thing is to lose control of the body and be detached yeah but the other thing is to be in complete control and say that i am not this body and i am yes. not going to be ruled the distinction by between right. being unconscious and being totally aware totally conscious yeah. you know and that's what samyo is saying and and it's very true what you said about uh, our levels of happiness is the same thing when you talk about the different types of devotees right. samyo often say artha artha te jignasu mm-hmm. that also is depending on how much one relates to each one of these sheets sheets yeah you know, the one who is so much rel- relating uh, oneself to the anumaya kosha would always come to swami with problems relating to the body with pleasures which relate to the body hmm. and there would always be some who come to find answers for more subtle questions hmm. and maybe there are ones who are relating more to the vijnana maya kosha but swami would say that there are some which who are beyond all this you know 
even as devotees their devotees who don't seek anything from swami the fortunate few really right you know, and <laughs> they yes. really uh, as one of the very beautiful quotes i think in in the chicken soup series it mm-hmm. says i don't love you for what you are but i love you for what i am when i am in your With presence you. yeah. i think because when you say anandamaya kosha when you say it's not the ultimate it is a state where you you feel the bliss but of course it's not that constant uh, bliss which cannot be taken away i think many people felt that when they were in presence of swami right you know they were able to f- touch that inner core of bliss in the presence of swami and for that they love swami absolutely the simplicity and purity see like one of the descriptions they give of what happens when you are in the presence of a master is that all those waves of thoughts that uh, occur in you they all die down and many of those thoughts are thoughts like you know like i do not have enough money or i'm troubled by this or i'm so weak i cannot face the world and in the presence of swami literally all those thoughts they kind of subside as uh, i recall this uh, description by paul brunton in his mm-hmm. book so he speaks of how sitting in the presence of ramana maharishi how a person who had even lost his son the ultimate grief and he is able to come out of it not because ramana maharishi uttered even one word of solace the entire time that this person sat in the presence of uh, the maharishi he was looking out of the window mm-hmm. but that had the effect of this person being able to completely detach himself like from being involved in that world in that world where his son had died to be able to completely come out of that complete i mean it was just uh, by mere osmosis that <laughs> this person was able to gain that uh, glimpse into the true reality mm-hmm. and no words like nothing could have brought that person out of the grief but just that one glimpse of what reality is who he really is that was able to cure him of his grief <laughs> and that that is what uh, masters do and this is what happens in the presence of uh, masters reminded of what uh, one of the uh, old students shared i think he is a senior of mine in college when we interviewed him mm. uh, at radio say he was saying that mm. there was a period of time when he had fallen ill i think he had uh, contracted one of the diseases which keep you ill for a long period of time mm-hmm. some jaundice or malaria or something like that mm. so close to a week or 10 days he couldn't come for darshan and he was totally bedridden people were taking care of him then after that he was barely up so he thought he'll come and have swami's darshan so after many days he comes for swami's darshan and uh, since he was sick and he was so unwell the warden permitted him to sit somewhere in front so that he could you know uh, tell swami that he is not been keeping well so swami would give him prasadam or something so when swami walked up to him in a very sorrow face <laughs> very gloomily he told swami swami i am not been keeping well i'm not well swami and i'm having this problem and all that so he said is that so chala santosham and swami went away okay and initially he said why is swami saying that he's happy i'm telling that i'm in pain and i'm not able to attend my classes i'm not able to come for swami's darshan and swami saying he's so happy So this boy said that you know the next few hours he went and he went back to his room he was in solitude he saying the process of thinking which went through he said i am having a problem and i am telling it to swami and swami is saying chala santosham if swami has no issue with the problem i am having why should i be worried about it <laughs> and he said yeah. you know all the gloominess which was there because of the one week of sickness it just got lifted away if swami is okay with what i'm going through hmm. then why should i be bothered about it right you know yeah. that's what happens when you when you are in the presence of swami or in the presence of any master what a beautiful insight you know? no yeah. really you know the feeling of love itself gets gets you to that state 
Yeah. You know, this boy might not have understood Anandamaya Kosha and exactly. Vignanamaya Kosha. But he felt that if Swami is happy, I am happy. Yes. And uh, that is why, you know, like many of us, we may not be able to even relate to any of these. Like to say to someone that uh, it is better to witness your thoughts is something they may not be able to relate to. But on the other hand, Swami gives us this path of love, the path of bhakti in which you you can do this. You can say that I hand over my situation to you, Swami. I surrender to you. I know that I am not equal to this, but I know that you can take care of it. Right. The way it empowers you or enables you then to face that situation, it is something that that is beyond uh, description. It is something that I faced uh, myself and so I can so totally relate to what you were saying. You know, right. Just uh, continuing with what uh, Swami had spoken about. So, Swami is talking about the Chaitanya, the Atmic uh, Consciousness which makes the cosmos function. And in several discourses, Swami emphasized there is this Chaitanya is there everywhere, even in so-called non-living things. Mm-hmm. The one consciousness, it permeates everything. And uh, Swami, uh, to you know, really for us to be able to understand, He says it is like the lights which we, there's so many in a house or in the Kulwant Hall, like so many lamps and the same current is flowing through all of them. Right. And uh, the lights, you know, like the each one of us, we shine according to our uh, ability. Like one of my <coughs> friends was sharing that he could really relate uh, to this. <laughs> the, each one of us, mm-hmm. the... We can sort of see the joy that is there or the peace or the tranquility. You can It's almost seen on the faces of people. But it is the same consciousness that is there in everyone. Mm. Everyone has the same access to that bliss. It's just that do we develop our wattage enough to be able to shine with that true bliss? And that is totally up to us. Mm. No, Like <laughs> uh, Swami would say, it's, it's literally like that you have a piece of copper. Okay. And uh, with time, a pattern of green begins to appear as it gets oxidized. A pattern of green begins to appear on that. And then, you know, various other things, impurities get added like one by one. But you can scrape all that off and then it is that is when you can see that it shines with its own luster. I think, you know, in many ways, as you said, not all of us are in a state of mind to you know, see that oneness, that one conscience uh, illuminating everything hmm. and even the idea that you know, somebody looks at you and says you know what Hari and you are one <laughs> you know you're not separate you're but one yeah. I think for the uninitiated it's something which cannot be fathomed at all no, even for the initiated I <laughs> even guess. for the initiated you know, <laughs> yeah. at least the initiated would pretend to understand like all of us Precisely. you know we're talking about all this but Swami did it in a very very beautiful way because I mean, as a student when we sat there I knew it that the day when Swami would go out and do a certain amount of distribution, let's say that there was some Sevadal and he was giving clothes to them, or there was a group which had come that Swami was going out and giving Padnamaskar, you could see Swami glowing with joy. Mm, yeah. You know, you knew that Swami is happiest when he is giving to somebody else. Absolutely. You could see it in front of you. And, you know, as students, we, we used to think that when Swami goes out for a distribution like that, when he comes back, that's the best time to make a prayer because Swami is so happy. So happy, yeah. He'll grant it. And you know, that we always used to write letters when Swami goes out to give Padnamaskar to a group because we know that when Swami comes back, Swami will be so happy right. that if you give a letter, Swami will definitely take it. You know, so Swami showed us that there is happiness in giving. Hmm. You know, that is the initiation for a person who has never thought of such things. Absolutely. Because when you realize that, you know, I am doing something for myself, I'm happy. But I'm also f- feeling happy when I'm doing something for somebody else. Yeah which has got nothing to do with, you know, my life. And I think that is the first time when you get the realization that there's some connection between all of us. 
right i think that is the way swami always did it and swami never told it to us when we went out doing gram seva he never told it to us when he sent us out to do anything any kind of seva but without a knowledge sami said that i know what will happen when you go and do this right i know you will see the pretty much yeah he granted us that experience a taste right a taste, the taste of for that. yeah what whatever he was going through and uh, i would sense this many a time you know like during it is something uh, I, i i think i relate to it this way that you see we would come to darshan and so many things would have happened during the day we come and sit there and you look at swami he's got such a peaceful placid smiling face as he comes for darshan there is there is something in that with and immediately those thoughts they begin to subside in our mind then after some time we f- begin to feel that happiness and i i i think that the access to that kind of bliss is by curing the obsession that we have with ourselves that right. self obsession that obsession with you know our likes our dislikes what we hate and what we don't you know our preference we want this we don't want that to happen and just by looking at swami like he was complete acceptance of like what is there right now right here you know <laughs> just merely you would feel like just giving up that resistance to whatever you're facing that at that moment and that is all happiness is really <laughs> it was like you know once uh, someone was describing the kodai session which was there just before the super specialty hospital started mm. you know being constructed yeah <laughs> in that kodai session uh, i think colonel jogara was there was the man in charge of uh, getting the hospital constructed or one of the people main people in the central trust then you know he was carrying on his head the load of having to construct a multi crore hospital in may in may and <laughs> this is in may and yeah. uh, not only construct have a hospital inaugurated that november and have the first surgery and at that time one of those main sources of worry was that there were absolutely no funds in the right, trust absolutely kitty. no funds and, and and a promise was made and swami had taken very few steps towards uh, getting i think at that point of time only the drawings had been approved right absolutely nothing right nothing but the land was cleared yes and he was constantly seeing this swami there in that you know kodai trip hmm. who had the least care in the world was as you saying living that moment yes you know if, if there's anything called living that moment that he saw that swami was doing that because with the children around swami was his at his playful best and it was clearly for a person who is you know weighed down by the immensity of the task ahead if he sees swami who is the person who is who is actually supposed to be carrying that burden yes who's so free you know that perspective change which it will bring to you I think it's it'll be phenomenal. Absolutely. And that's what Swami often did as you said, you know, a person who had lost a dear one when he came to the presence of Ramana Maharshi. I think for all of us what a guru or what Swami does to us is that he doesn't abracadabra vanish all your problems, but he gives a perspective which makes those problems look so insignificant. Right. And whatever he does is he gives us the tools to make these problems appear insignificant by giving you the larger picture. larger picture such that like you have been taking yourself to be someone in- insignificant all that long right you have seen yourself as an object which is you know uh, which is at the uh, mercy of nature right. which, which is the mercy of circumstances right. at the mercy of destiny and he shows you for what a giant you truly are right swami was not one who kept the secret of his divinity to himself he expressed it but not only that he showed us a secret that we are also equally divine that there's nothing it's not like he holds a monopoly over that divinity it's it's within access of one and all 
and you can see that his prime motivation uh, was all the time to awaken that that same uh, divine consciousness in each one of us i think simply because of the suffering that he could see each one of us was getting subjected to and see when as long as you are uh, you know uh, bound to this body and mind it's like one suffering swami can uh, you know uh, wipe it off but only to be replaced by another there is like absolutely no end to that it's going to come again and again and again like as i said pleasure is an interval between uh, two pains two pains so it's something that just keeps coming on and on and on and at some point of time we have to get out of that cycle and, and uh, just a couple of days back i was listening to uh, one of the addresses swami vivekananda made at the you know uh, at the chicago conference hmm. apart from the first one he is Yeah. he delivered couple Series of others yeah. talks and that he says this very beautiful point you know what you were saying he said i come from the land where we don't believe in calling each other sinners hmm. because we see each other as you know the one who who's the heir to the throne of immortality right and swami would say amrutasya putra yeah he says that is our reality the sin which we're doing is an aberration yes and to relate to ourselves based on that sin is not is not the culture i come from yeah and for uh, me further elaborates like this kind of mistake that we make in identifying ourselves uh, with the body and the mind he says it's like a person who builds a house and uh, all these various uh, rooms are there and we perhaps you know we are actually the space within that room and then we go on to identify ourselves like i am the drawing room <laughs> and prem says he is the kitchen and right. bishu says no i am the hall you know like these are various distinctions that we make in this uh, relation when swami was actually narrating this in the discourse i was reminded of a conversation that took place between uh, a divine master and uh, and his uh, disciple okay this is a, a real conversation and in that conversation the disciple out of ignorance he was trying to ascertain from this divine master he was speaking of two other gurus perhaps uh, contemporaries mm-hmm. and he was trying to find out from this divine master which of these two gurus was superior okay and uh, you know the, these two gurus are all pretty well known and a- anyone who reads this, the question kind of identifies with that uh, questioner like even they are agog i mean they want to know why i mean what is the answer he gave such a beautiful answer <clears throat> he says uh, you are asking me to compare the space in one room with the space in another right and uh, it, it destroys because at that moment instead of seeing the guru for what he is we are again going and identifying him with his body with his mind with his actions with his circumstances and he very, very simply he uh, brings us to that reality says yes, this guru and that guru this absolutely no comparison simply because there is space there is same space in different rooms very true in fact you know even in this swami saying that if you remove the walls you see that there are no differences but the whole idea of spirituality at least the way swami has been trying to teach us here at least so it appears hmm. swami is not asking us to remove the walls you know physically yes swami would say you live in the bathroom the way you have to live in the bathroom yeah you carry yourself the way you have to carry yourself when you're in the kitchen kitchen ah fantastic but yes. understand all the time that these are just you know differences of convenience these are just distinctions of convenience that you made Beautiful. and they're not what you know you have to die for yes like what we doing swami talks about this like this uh, different ident- i mean the mistake that we make with this identification at various times when he used to speak to students he would talk about this aspect called self confidence mm-hmm. so important right you know right. at that stage where 
embarking we are really stepping out into the world and swami would distinguish for us like what really self confidence is and we take it to be uh, the you know what we see on the external like the guy has a swagger or he has his way of speaking mm. and that we associate with self confidence and whereas we we look at someone like swami who's you can see that complete self assurance but there is no swagger about him mm. there's like something <clears throat> he doesn't try to uh, propagate uh, himself so much and so what is self confidence and swami would say very simply that this is merely confidence in the self the self with the capital s now why is that when we say confidence it is uh, completely based on something external or our thoughts about who we are and all of them are so malleable they can be destroyed in an instant it takes just one small calamity one one reversal in our life you know something to and that can destroy that confidence why because it is based on something our mind tells us that yeah. at this moment yes you are feeling confident at some other moment something uh, a reversal happens and then suddenly we feel yeah things are not going well i'm no longer confident but swami would say like this is like a chatter a noise in your head and do not identify with that and the moment you are able to see it for what it is that is merely a thought that is in your head and then you can go beyond that and that was a real basis of uh, self confidence in fact uh, sometimes many of these t-shirts with these messages hmm. they can give very profound messages <laughs> one i remember was uh, there was this t-shirt which said remember that you are unique right in bold remember that you're unique don't forget that you're unique mm. and down it's written just also remember that you are as unique as every other person every other. <laughs> you know i think that's what when swami when you when we say that swami had the self confidence so swami wanted us to have the self confidence like the one which he had right it comes from the real self you're confident because that real self is within you yeah with the complete knowledge that the real self is in everybody you come across so it not only you know results in self confidence and self respect but it also you know results in mutual respect absolutely you not only uh, you know pride yourself for what you are but you know that every other person you coming across is also as valuable as you yourself are right and i think uh, towards the end swami is you know this beautiful analogy of the husk being removed and the the rice showing up i think this was This is how Swami started the first discourse in the 1990 Samukha series where Swami spoke about refinement. Is it? Okay. When he said all process of spirituality, all sadhana is for refinement. Mm-hmm. Where you are step by step removing what is not you real what you are really not. And you know the many examples which Swami gave. Swami said you have a piece of steel. As steel it's worthless, but when it goes through a process of refinement and when you have something like a watch, right. the value it has is you know so much, so more. much more and yeah. swami said culture is that culture is that which gives you that refinement right and when you talk of spirituality and culture it is that which removes what you really know are not and which helps you shine forth with what is the you know the, the real wealth which is within you so dear listeners this is prem from team radio sai with me was hari shankar from the shri satyasai sandal trust and with much gratitude and love we offer this humble effort of ours at swami's lotus feet Ram you just heard an episode of a radio series Shravanam Mananam Nidhyasanam 
that is listen reflect and absorb this is a part of radio size thursday live broadcast every thursday at 7:30 pm only on asia stream of radio sai global harmony today's episode was first broadcast live on 9th october 2014 the discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in indian culture and spirituality in the year 1990 please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener at radiosai.org thank you and a loving sairam from prashanthi nilayam